you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If you've been working at ESPN for 15 years, coming into work, giving your best, you think on your own you're going to do less than what you gave ESPN? Go on and get that word, That's not true. It's not possible. It's impossible. It's what impossible. I told you a minute ago, I told you we are excellent and we need to be excellent. I just, we <laughs> oh, God. and I just <laughs> had this conversation. While she's speaking, she, we just had we this just, conversation. We just oh, had this yeah. conversation. Right. So but, I would expose, I would, I would tell them it's like your excellence is your currency. You've always been excellent. It. So why that's you it. don't stop being less excellent when it's, when it's nope. just you? No, yeah, you got to make money and you got to eat. That's next on Huddle and Flow. Welcome to the Huddle and Flow podcast and Jim Trotter, my partner. I'm Steve White. Jim, we've had some special editions, but we've never had like a sequel edition, like a part duh. But that's how we're coming here on this Thanksgiving and happy Thanksgiving to everybody. But we want to continue our discussion that we had starting Tuesday with Jim's former co-workers of yours at ESPN, Jamel Hill and Carrie Champion, who now have their own show stick to sports on the vice network um and jim just you know we've had a couple days to marinate marinate on you know the brilliance of what they you know they they talked about and as we get into this this second chapter of it just what are some takeaways that we've had you know some time to think about oh god we could be here all day with that one steve um yeah you know, the thing I appreciate about them, as I've said so many times, is their frankness, their directness, their willingness to to take a question and answer it honestly and not think about the consequences of of their words, um, but just sort of um, pull back the curtain on what they're really feeling. And when you talk about where we are in society, and we're not at, obviously not in a good place. I know I know that's um, an understatement. You, you and I always get this. We'll get some white people who will say to us, what can we do? We're allies. What can we do? And I think when you listen to Carrie and you listen to Jamel, 
you hear them laying out sort of a blueprint or a roadmap for what can be done to help us move past it. And by that, I mean, they are giving you tremendous insight into what they're feeling in terms of why we're in this position and in some ways telling you what not to do. And so, for instance, when Kerry talks about if you're voting for Donald Trump, you may say you're not a racist, but you are supporting a racist. And therefore, that is something that directly impacts my life. And so I can't roll with you, you know, and she's just laying it out there like that. And that to me, that's refreshing because hopefully what it does more than anything, if you happen to be white and you voted for Donald Trump and you truly care about this society and this democracy and about diversity and inclusion, all those things, maybe you stop for a minute and you pause and you think about how your actions are being viewed and the message that's being sent. So, you know, look, I could talk to those two all day, just like, you know, all the guests that we've had, um, an hour just isn't enough with them. But these two in particular, it definitely was not enough. Yeah, it's not just white people who voted for Donald Trump or support what True. he believes. So let's let's just Steve, not, I'm not, I'm, no, but I can't even get with black folk who say they they or, you know, voted no. for Trump or even people nope. of color, because this, nope. the, it blows me away. I, I've talked about this before and I'm not going to go off on a tangent now, but people who vote against their own self-interest, I will never understand it. No, I, I just won't. I mean, somebody has played so many mind games on you that for you to vote against your own self-interest, for you to support a man in an administration who has basically told you your life does not mean to me, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm sorry. I'm with you. But you know what? They they can go on and live their lives because at some point they are going to get a reality check, whether it's someone asking for their driver's license and ID or someone asking for something a little bit less I and you know what more confrontational they're gonna have yeah, to face and you know it. what and then we are going to turn around meaning the black community are going to turn around and support them because that's what we do you know we have had more than a few people um, of our own you know there's a saying all skin folk ain't kin folk and when they step out of line we acknowledge it we see it we comment on it but then ultimately when they get that comeuppance and that, that wake-up call, we are there. You know, that's what we do. Um, what we do. You know? What we so, do. We, we, yep, we, we embrace and we forgive. But now, Jim, let's get on to part two of our conversation with Jamel Hill and Carrie Champion. Okay, so, again, but you've got, you've got a lot of us who are still part of the – yeah. Your organization, whatever, right? Yes. Michael Lee, all of our people. Back. So, yeah. but I mean, I have to say this, like after I spoke to Cap, right, when he, when he decided to sit before kneeling, you know, I had kind of this internal reckoning, like, man, this is a young 27 year old guy who could be giving up his career for a cause. And now when I go back to the NFL network, how can I just sit here and stay silent about no black people being in, in executive positions? About the only black, only about the only time they come to me is during Black History Month, right? So, you know, I I I had to spread my wings a little, and we've seen, and to me, we've seen more people speak out, but it's almost like Jamel and maybe a handful of others had to go through that pain that she was describing for some people to have that that reckoning. Yeah. Um. From from what from what you've 
seen, lived through, whatever. Are you seeing more people speak out of this because, hey, everybody else is on that train. Let me do it. Or you see more sincerity and and kind of activism, so to speak. That's a great question. That's a great question. Um, When I was at ESPN up until the end of January of this year, I felt very um, trapped in this in the sense of, I felt like I had outgrown my position. Um, And so many people that I told prior to me leaving that I was leaving would be like, you sure? You're on TV Monday through Friday. You're doing SportsCenter. And the only person, Mm -hmm. including out of my agency, the only person who was like, girl, go, get out, was Jamel. She was like, the world is waiting for you. You will have so many more opportunities than you could ever understand. And there's a freedom in that. Now, mind you, I plotted carefully because as a journalist, and I'm talking to those who are journalists, we know what we've been called to do. And there was so much of that internal conflict for me over the last two years that I was there. I just couldn't do it anymore. And I think this summer we were able to see a lot of journalists speak up because it was in style. While it was a, mo- a moment for them, right? Because I believe a lot of what I call corporate social justice, that was just a moment. It was to get people off of their backs. It was to do what was happening in the world. It was trendy. It was trending. You can't sit on the sidelines. I, they, they, listen, look, history warns you. And if we are not on the front line of this forever, if not for right now, then we're in trouble. And I think we'll start to see more of it if people if other journalists can see tangible success. Let me ask, wow. let me ask the two of you this. Um, there are so many who want to be you, particularly um, whether it's male or female, who want to be you, who want to get to where the two of you are. And I've always said the real power in this business, at least journalistically, is actually behind the scenes and not necessarily in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. So Two-part question here. One, how do we get more young people who are coming into this business, particularly people of color, to understand that the real power is behind the scenes? And then how do we get young folks, young people of color coming into this business to understand where the real power is and the importance of ownership as opposed to being an employee? I think it's in, at least my message to to young people is usually is is this, is that uh, this was uh, the makings of a 20 plus year career. So I think they have a feeling, unfortunately, that this all happens much quicker than it, than it's going to be. That's just, you know, when you're young, that's how it is. It's like, I actually wasn't born at ESPN. Like there was, I had a whole 10 year career before I even got there. Right. I remember and, you at the Orlando Center. See Central. what I'm saying? And before that, I was at the Free Press. And before that, um, I was at the News and Observer in Raleigh. So helping them to understand it's a process and that these experiences you collect along the way, the job that you hate right now is not the job you're always going to have, that you will advance and progress and that sort of thing. Um, but you have to, you're going to be given a certain number of shots and you have to know when to take your shot, right? And so for me, in this way, I think that the what happened with Donald Trump um, was a huge upside I started, we started this production company before that actually happened, right. a few months before. But I started it with the idea that I'll just wait until after this contract is up and then maybe or when my, ever my time at ESPN is done and then we can focus full time about getting this off the ground. When that all happened, it accelerated the process, which is exactly the kick in the ass that I needed because mm. I needed to understand 
the message God needed to send me was that no matter, you know, that's great. You're making all this money and all this and that this shit ain't promised. So get to get, get to getting what you're supposed to do. And so mm-hmm. once I, once that really, um, you know, was buried in my mind, that is what gave me um, the confidence to know that um, uh, to start my planning process, to start my exit strategy outside of, out of ESPN, because Carrie, you know, she mentioned like, this is something that she did deliberately and carefully. And it, while it may have seemed sudden to people, when I finally left, it was something that had been in the process for a year, first mm-hmm. in my mind. And then to the point mm-hmm. of where I knew that at some point, ESPN is going to look up with all this is being written about them being too liberal and too political and all this. And they are going to look at me as a liability. And I can't wait to that moment because I'm going to use that as my leverage to get out of there because I want to leave. Right. And so that's exactly what happened. I brought it to them, said, yep, let's talk about me leaving because I know y'all want to get rid of me. You're just too polite to tell me. No, they didn't. I know you kind of want me to go. No, but you, got, but you just can't no. say it, <laughs> right? Well, you were so funny about that. I think it's funny that she always says that. Like whenever I tease, I was like, "That's why you got fired." She's like, "I didn't get fired." Like I do, I do it as a joke. But know, she literally yeah. has to put it on record so people know. No, I did not get fired. She left on her. Own. And by the way, but that's real. Like y'all, if so many people see it coming, I saw it coming too. They was tired of me. They hated that that was my girl. They hated I was still friends with her. They hated so much about me because I was one of the one of the last few real ones that be on TV like, you know what, doing my, doing my real cultural thing that made them <laughs> uncomfortable, right? And so whenever you make someone uncomfortable and they have the power, you take it back. I went to Jamel's house with a bottle of wine. I said, let's shoot this pilot. Yeah. That true story. Knocked on her door the summer before I left and said, let's shoot a pilot. She's like, okay, cool. What are we going to call it? I said, we'll figure that out after we do it. And it was just... It was, it was just this, all the things that we're doing right now. She drank all the wine. Not by myself. I was, like, I was <laughs> about to say now. Now, do y'all really believe Carrie, it was just me? Carrie, like, come on now. Yeah, no. And then that, that's all she wrote. I have, a, I have a foundation called Brown Girls Dream. And it's Which for young fantastic. girls between the, Thank you. It's for young girls between the ages of like 18 to 29. And I tell them all they don't want to be in front of the camera. You talked about that, Jim. I tell mm-hmm. them the power is behind the scenes, the producers, the ones who have the, the words to write. And I was like, and not just producing the show, but producing in a way in which you tell stories that haven't been told before because there's so much power in that. The only thing that you can ever do in this business is be a great writer or be a, a good writer at the, at, at the very least. And that's going to be your gateway to freedom. Yeah. I mean, and I, I like to tell them too, like you can plan your bravery. You can plan your boldness. Legit. Like, these are not things that you have to do suddenly and, um, and, and you know, kind of off the top of your dome. You could plot your steps. Uh, you just have to figure it out. Figure out what is it that you're passionate about? What is it you ultimately want to do? Use your career at whatever point that you are to, to give you the leverage, the resources, the money, whatever it is to get to that point. Because that opportunity is going to come where you're going to be able to step out on your own. And while stepping out on your own is scary, I also like to get them to think of this. Most of us, especially because of the way that we're wired and because we don't have a safety net from our family, we overperform everything we do. So if you are on your own, why wouldn't you do that too? Why you think that you've been, if you've been working at ESPN for 15 years, coming into work, giving your best, you think on your own, you're going to do less than what you gave ESPN? Go on and get our words, That's not Jay. Reasonable. 
It's Girl, not possible. It's impossible. It's what impossible. I told you a minute ago, I told you we are excellent and we need to be excellent. I just, we <laughs> oh, and I just <laughs> had this conversation. While she's speaking, she, we just had we this just, conversation. We just oh, had this yeah. conversation. Right. So but, I would expose, I would, I would tell them it's like your excellence is your currency. You've always been excellent. It. So why that's you, you don't stop being less excellent when it's, when nope. it's just you? No, yeah, you got to make money and you got to eat. No way. But, but also when you feel it's your purpose. Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. different. I'm see. I'm, I'm glad you said that because when I accepted Journalist of the Year um, in Detroit in 2018, I will never forget this word that Jesse Jackson dropped. Right? He said, "Y'all worried about a job? You better find a calling." I was like, "Oh, Jesse, come on, oh, let's go." He hit me on my chest with that one. He hit like, you. He said, "Take this. Go. Go." Take this word. word. So that's. I tell my I tell that. my mentees the same thing. I was like, "Don't worry about being famous or rich. Find a passion. All that other stuff will follow." I, do, I love hearing all this. And before we take a hard left turn, Carrie, I do want to say that when we were on that panel discussion here in LA, I think it was last summer, to see yeah. some of the girls from your foundation there, some of, one of whom worked for us and is yeah. a rock. It was just so gratifying yeah. to see just how much they, they appreciated you and, and everything you've done. Okay, now hey. we are going to take a left turn here. We're going to have a little fun. We've been Let's on the turn. Tip. <laughs> Let's turn. Okay, ladies. Okay, we'll start with Carrie and then Jamal, you can follow wish list for your show living non-athlete okay okay i already know who jamel's gonna say so i'm yep. gonna say yes her yep. husband so i'm gonna say barack obama obviously jamel uh i'm gonna say um i'm gonna say oprah oh Okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Michelle. Okay, go. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm shocked. I Who thought one you? of you was going to say Michelle. Well, I thought you might say Michelle. You said Barack. I was like, okay. I mean, what's better? Because I thought you was going to say Michelle. Okay, I was thinking like, what's better than woman Obama too? Yes, I got you. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? I, I, I would, Oprah would be, Oprah would be yeah. pretty huge too. So, okay. I'm Who do you got, Jim? Who do you oh, got, Michelle. Jim? Michelle, without question. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, without me, question. To me, I think the current American hero is Brian Stevenson from the EJI. So I would love to have Brian Stevenson on all the work he's doing, getting people off of death row and things like that. What a thoughtful answer, Steve. This dude is my hero. He's been thinking about this for a while. No, no, this would have been it. Anyway, Barack, everyone, you know me. I'm Brian Stevenson. I think he's the most remarkable dude going in the United States. All right. So here we go. Living current or former athlete. Living current or former, Colin Kaepernick. That would have been my answer, but I'm going to go uh, a one a, a 1A and say Serena Williams. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, for me, it's still easy. Um, it still goes back to Muhammad Ali growing up. Mm-hmm. With him. Um, you did say living. That's a good living. one. Yeah. You did. That's a good one, Jim. We were ready. Can... Go ahead. No, it, I'm so old. I used to listen to his fights on the radio. How about mm-hmm. that? Listening to mm-hmm. boxing on the radio. Black so. on crack. I thought you was 22. Okay. Uh, I, was, I was fortunate enough when I covered boxing back when I worked in Miami, when Jamel was in Orlando, to actually spek to him. He was kind of, you know, not all there, but that was great. But mine would be Arthur Ashe, kind of like on the same, mm. same line. Wow. That's okay. Right there. Jamel, come on. We need to get I know. I know. Okay. Wait, okay. wait, wait, wait. Real quick. Jamel, your project with Colin. How, how's it going? Yeah, good. Uh, everything is um, going well. It's still in, a, in the infancy stages in many regards. Um, there has been, you know, some progress in terms of building out staff and, and 
um, on the director standpoint. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're excited. We're just like kind of ready to, to go. But this will be a, a meticulously told story. Um, don't be shocked if, if if you either you gentlemen, if not both, get a call. Yes. yes. <laughs> don't, just don't don't forget about me when I make that call. Like I'm gonna need you to sit down. All right? Know what time it is. Okay, so before we get to the big one, this is kind of the precursor. Movies that should never be a movie or movies that should never be remade. Jay, you go first. You're the movie guru here. All right, so. My answer to this question unequivocally would have been coming to America. And oh, yeah. we, as we know, coming to America too is coming out in March. And as much as I was frightened about the prospect of remaking perfection and what I think is the best comedy of all time, I recently had a conversation with Leslie Jones, who is in coming to America too. She is actually playing. Oh my goodness. Ba- She's playing Akeem's baby mama. And so, uh, which I think is- This should not have been done. This sounds like a disaster. No. But it's brilliant though. It's brilliant because she explained to me the plot. So you guys remember the the famous scene when him and Arsenio in the club that night, my name is Peaches and I'm the best. That one, that's the night he meets his baby mama. Mm. It has a little one-off that leads to- (laughs) That sounds sounds dumb. That sounds dumb. Okay. So <laughs> my answer was wow. that, but, Les, but I'm gonna tell you, Leslie did a sale job. Like she was like, I'm telling you, Jay, this movie mm-hmm. is fire, and I'm not just mm-hmm. saying that. So I'm like, nah. I don't know. Nah. I don't nah. know. I don't it know. has to be. No, they yeah, know it has to be. If you're gonna remake that, it has to be. It has yes. to be fire. So coming coming to America is <laughs> my is is my answer, even though it's coming and I'm gonna be all in, but I, I'm scared. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm scared. That sounds ridiculous, but okay. Let me not be uh, a porcupine and bring and not bring everybody. Right. Don't kill our mood. <laughs> I'm not gonna kill the mood. Um, I am really more of a drama person. I like shocking, I like dramas. So and I'll give you two. Shawshank Redemption should never, oh, ever, never, that's right. ever, great call, ever, great call. When I tell you I could watch a movie every time it hits on whatever channel it's on, I stop, I stay. It, it's, it has a personal, it has a personal uh, meaning for me in so many ways. And it was where I discovered at the very end. He said, "Meet me in Zawatanejo." I've been to Zawatanejo personally probably three or four times, and it's a beautiful wow. place. And so I, that I had the special meaning you should never, ever, ever redo. And then on a lighter side, I couldn't even imagine this being redone, but I could see them wanting to play with this. Um, this is a, a classic all-time favorite, E.T. Like, there's just no way mm. you can do E.T. Like, I, that, those are feel-good movies. That's when TV was TV. Mm. You know, movies are movies, rather. And so, therefore, those are my two. Never remake them. Don't touch them. I'm gonna be mad. Love those. Yeah, mm. you know what? I, I, can I add one more? I'll say color purple. Don't ever. Remake. Oh yeah, girl. Oh, okay. don't, don't, don't ever, ever re- remake that. Don't, don't try. Ever. Don't trade places with me. Miss did you me. guys? Did you guys see it on Broadway? <laughs> I did. I did not. I did hear good things about it though. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was good. Um, I, I'll give you two. One from the culture. One not. The one not. I would say for me is Gladiator. Oh, um, okay. I love it. One of my, I love yeah, it. one of my all-time favorite. I don't care how often it's on. That opening scene is just, yeah, incredible. Pretorians. 
Especially or, if you do if I you not have, entertain you? <laughs> are you not entertained? Yes. Are you not entertained? Yes. But when you when you hear the the horse's hooves in that opening mm-hmm. scene, if you have the subwoofer, it just like comes through your whole body. And uh, mm-hmm. anyway, that's a good one. It was so well done. The culture, I would say for me, Cooley High. Don't touch Cooley High. <laughs> I was leave, gonna say leave it. Leave it alone. Jamel in Detroit. I was gonna say that. Cool. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. That's a good way. And and do not ever think about remaking Usual Suspects, which is kind of oh, the greatest who done it. That's ever. a good one. It could never be executed the way that they put that together. That's true. Verbal kill. You, All right. What's that? Can I ask you guys a question? Do you guys yep. know Kluvon Little? Uh, I don't know him. Know I know him. of him. <laughs> What's his famous line? <laughs> From which beautiful. one? You talking about Blazing Saddles? The, the, sher- the sheriff's a near? No. <laughs> no, there's one more. There's another one. Well, he didn't say that. That was about him. Right. <laughs> but do you, but do, you know, do you know the famous line? I do not. Which one is J- it? Jamel, what's the famous line? Where the white women at? <laughs> oh, that one. That one. Oh, that one. <laughs> oh, oh. There, there is a comment that could be made on that one, but I we know. don't need to Hold up. Our producer, Thomas Warren, part of the HU Mom, Bob, chimes in with one that should never be remade for the culture, School Days. He's right. Spike. He's right. Good He's one. Right. It That's could be remade, though. If they're gonna it remake Coming be. to America, I can see them remaking that. They shouldn't, but yeah. But 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 wait wait wait. How do you remake the scene with with um, Tisha and Big Brother on my tea? And <laughs> my tea. Her her yeah. her. You know where I'm going with it. I know right. one thing. Right. Yeah. Right. You don't. How do you remake that scene? Just back like when you he don't was Larry, make back when he was Larry Fishburne. Yeah, Larry Fishburne before he was Sir Lawrence. <laughs> Okay, now, Carrie, you're kicking off the big one here. Okay. A song or songs that should never be remade. And it could be a song that has been or hasn't been. I I heard you guys talking. I will say this. I'm a big believer that anything Michael Jackson did on Off the Wall should never be remade. Right? That is a a classic. I can listen to that. Yes, it is. I can I love that. that. I am married to that. So that should never, ever. Um, and that's where I'll leave that. You go, Jay. <laughs> that, no, that's like, that's a really, that's a really strong one. Um, for, for, for some reason, uh, like it was two, two songs that came to mind. One of them was Can You Stand the Rain? Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that should like ever, ever be remade. Like never, never touched um, that song. And even though people have done it many times as a cover, every time it is just reiterates why this should never be remade is Etta James's At Last. I don't think that should ever be remade. Oh, ever. ever. Wow. Yeah. Ever. So that's a good that's one. That's a strong one. Like you can't, you're not gonna be able to do that better. Like that's just no. No. Ooh. Yes. Jim. Me personally, I just have way too many because i'm i'm again paying homage to um to jay here from where she's from but one of the best trips i ever take or i've taken as an nfl writer is when we go to detroit why because i always get to go to the motown museum and i don't care how many times i've been there it's like the first time and i love it so i'm all about the motown 
um, for me, you don't touch Marvin Gaye, you know, mm. anything mm -hmm. off of what's going on. Yep. You do not touch. Okay. Well, now here's no. one. And you guys, you guys are going to ride with me on this one. I okay. call your name girl by switch or anything debarge adjacent should never Ooh, be remade because the, voice, because the voice, be it James or be it L, even Chico, yeah, is too unique. Mm, yeah, I call your name is a good one, as is all this love. Like, that's like, you can't redo all this love. And yeah, DeBarge, the voice, you're right. You're right. You're right. Mm, no, you're that's correct. a strong like, one. That's because no one can do that voice. You're absolutely yeah. correct. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. No, the um, whole voice, you just you know, you know one that was recently remade where I was like, why? Why did you do it? <laughs> was was Secret Garden. I, I heard it and I was who, just like, who had the nerve? You? Oh who had the nerve? It's a collection yeah. of people that had the nerve. Yeah. And I was like, no. I'm offended. I'm offended by everything I'm hearing right Thank you. now. Thank First you. off, James Ingram, you can't repeat that. You can't do that voice. L, Barry. I mean, I'll be sure someone could float that one out there, but you can't touch the other three. No. I mean, but you but you focused it on something that was good. Like, um, when you have a unique voice, it's much harder to, to duplicate, right? And so mm. there are things that, like, Whitney Houston has done that should never be touched. We were oh, talking you're right about that. That no, should right. never be you're touched, right. ever. Because, right. like, they're not going to be able to do that. Like, she, she murdered it. It's over. It's done. Don't do it. I even get okay. offended when they get sampled. I'll be like, yo, I'm, I'm, I hate the sample because you have tried to ruin something that is like, you know, it's, it's, it's timeless. It's, it's precious. So, yeah. But, but we had this pre-show discussion and I think Jim and I touched on this a little bit on the previous podcast. We all know Anita Baker is the legend. Angel. Oh, one of my no. favorite artists no ever. Way. Layla Hathaway. No. Layla Hathaway no. put her foot in it, Jamel. Preach, Karen. Preach, she Karen. did. She, no. look, I, I'm from Detroit, okay? I, but I, I mean, mean I, you the expert on Anita. It absolutely means that, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Anita's angel. I side with that, but I will have to say for an effort of, like, trying to remake a classic song, like, Layla kind of did that. And I was like, I was shocked. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, she. But why? But why? But she's why? got no, she's got a great she, voice, man. She she did it nice. And and like I say, it's to the point where I even per, I, but I even purchased it. But I'm with you, Carrie. You it's don't touch, yeah. You don't touch Angel. I'm sorry. Yeah. And another one I was gonna say, what? I was like, don't touch Frankie. You know, do not touch oh, Frankie. I don't even no. think you can. I don't even but think wait, you can. But then, well, Beyonce came out with hers, and the thing yeah. is to me, it Hey, wait, wait, wait. If you're going to touch it, you got to make it so unique <sighs> and different from know. the original. And she did. So I she give her credit that. for that. But that's how she you did. do it, though. That's how you yeah, do it. Like, you, you make sure you don't try to beat it. You just give right. it exactly. a whole, a whole right. new twist. I'm going to give you one that I think is better than the original. Uh, Casey's cover of If You Think You Lonely Now, Bobby Womack. Ooh. Destroys oh, no. destroys that song. Okay. No. Okay. Look, okay. Don't okay. at me. Don't debate me. Debate your okay. idea with the sliding with wig. The sliding wig. I'm at, telling you. No. Casey no, put right. his foot in that right. song. He killed you're that. Right, dog. He you're killed right, dog. that. Trash. Right. No, Trash. Sticking, you wrong, dog. Bobby Womack? 
Yo, he can, go listen to it, Casey's. If you think you're lonely now, it's on the Jason Lyric soundtrack. And yes, I well, know this. I grew up with Trust. the real Bobby Womack playing in the crib on vinyl. I'm telling you. Mm. <laughs> he yeah. did it. Just like yeah, I told no. you off air that Jonas no. did lately better than Stevie. We don't want to acknowledge it, but they no, did we're it. Not going, no, we're not going. But they did it. Going going we're not going. Carrie, Carrie, has she been in the wine? Because she's tripping when she said so that. hard right now. You, you are tripping dare, so hard right how, now. How dare you do Uncle Stevie like that? You know, are you kidding me? You are tripping so Love hard him. right now. But lately, they did no. that. No. They did that. No. <laughs> but, but, but Jamel no. did have the all-time winner of, of remakes where the remake was better than the original. You identified yeah. it earlier. It was I Will Always Love You by Whitney. Oh, yeah. See, yeah. you know a remake is good when you didn't even realize it was a remake. Like, Man. I had no idea. And nobody remembers that Dolly Parton did but, that song first. Yeah, I know, but she also did it her way, right? That was the same thing of her saying she did it her way, which is why we love what, I mean, I like what Beyonce did, but it was just a whole, it was just a, it was just it was a, a whole different, different song. Yeah. 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 yeah, Luther now, Luther did Stevie Luther did Stevie's creeping uh, justice. I will put it that way. That might you know, be he, you know that man did it better. You know what I'm saying? He did it. He did it. He did it. Sorry about that, KGLH. We'll give him that. <laughs> one. All right, okay, guys. It is Thanksgiving week. Let's go around the let's go around the horn real quick. Something you're thankful for it can be the obvious or not mm-hmm. obvious. Carrie, let's start with you before we get on out of here. Uh, I am thankful for the ability to be able to um, live in a way that best suits me for the world and for my purpose and my plans in this pandemic life. Like, I feel like I'm very grateful every morning because I'm waking up with a purpose and a plan that is beyond myself, that is for the world. So I'm so grateful and thankful for that season in my life because Eight months ago, I would not have thought we'd be in this place, you know, good and bad. And that's and that really just makes me feel so, so appreciative of where I am. Mm. Um, I'm going to say something extraordinarily sappy that I would not have expected to say. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, me, Carrie, I don't have a heart. Um, but I already know what you're about to say. I don't think you do. <laughs> so I was going to say that um, I'm really thankful for my husband, actually. I, I mean, knew you were going to say that. I figured you knew that. We just finished yeah. our first year of marriage. And so um, it was Congrats. all, you know, they say the first year is the toughest. And while, you know, we certainly had some moments, but um, it was overall, you know, the best experience of my life. And being, you know, married has been uh, really forced me to grow in a lot of areas um, for sure. And I'm thankful for the growth. Sometimes it's not pretty. <laughs> it is quite ugly the way this growth is happening. But overall, I'm thankful for him because he has made me such a, a better person than even I anticipated. So I'm, I'm thankful for him. Oh, and just to be going, you know, this is a, a very a very trying time. You know, it's like a pandemic. It's, everything's uncertain. And to have an anchor, I think, is, is something right. I'm really thankful for. <laughs> absolutely absolutely on so many levels <laughs> she like, knows you too well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm happy a, at love i love love there you guys. go <laughs> well I, i'm gonna go the cliche answer i guess i'm gonna say number one family and right. um having that anchor that jamel talked about 30 years of marriage so having that person Ooh. there with you is um it helps you get through all these times Number two, obviously, is health. Um, 
during these difficult times. And then I would say number three is just being able to, to have that purpose, um, to be able to do things that you want to do, to be able to bring on intelligent, beautiful women like yourselves um, and illuminate the contributions you all are making and that others, you know, and the one thing I'm thankful for with this podcast is Steve and I have been able to bring on um, women and to show uh, the difference that they are making out there, whether it's the two of you, uh, Maya Wiley, you know, Soledad O'Brien, uh, Lindsey Davis, Kimberly Martin. I mean, just go down the list. I'm so appreci appreciative of you all. So um, I could go on all day, but those are those would be three things that stand out to me. Absolutely. I'm with you. I'm with all you guys there, too. My wife of 27 and a half years, my entire family, you know, having a platform like this, you know, what Jim just said, being able to speak our minds, being able to speak our culture. Um, but also some people I think who get overlooked during this pandemic, and it's personal to me, and that is the healthcare workers that work uh, in assisted living homes. Yeah. My father has Alzheimer's. He's in assisted living home. The I can't go see him, right? So people have to take him for walks. People have to communicate with him, things like that. And these are, are surrogates, right? They'll call me when they need something, this and that, but just to say hi to him or something like that when I can't get to him. These are important people that have helped a lot of us get through times that could really bring us down. So a credit and thankful to all the people who are doing the hands-on work um, in our places, in our steads that we don't think about. So it's highly important. And thank you, especially the folks over at St. John of God here over on West Adams in LA. Appreciate all of you. Carrie and Jamel, you all are the bomb. Thank you for joining us. You mean so much to so many people. Um, keep doing your thing. And Jamel, Jodeci did not do it better. <laughs> the, pe the people will be with me, Steve. I'm just letting the you people, know. The people have spoken. 30, 30 or younger will be with you, Jamel. He dropped that He dropped that mic on you, Jay. He ain't fooling you. I'm older than I look. Trust me. Uh, the 40-year-old's about to ride. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, our listeners, now they know why you and I looked forward to this interview so much. Uh, these ladies are intelligent, they're fun. And the one thing I know about Jamel when it comes to um, movies and that sort of thing, and even music, she and Michael Smith, when they had their own show on ESPN, whether it was his and hers, Numbers Never Lie, or The Six, a sports center, their reference for pop culture um, or if we can say black culture was so extensive, you know, that um, I love to hear them have these sort of battles about movies and music and that sort of thing. And once again, no surprise, Jamel brought it with that and, and Carrie did too. Oh, they're tripping. Uh, Jamel's tripping. Not get Jodeci. No, nah, I, I can't. No, look. never. Nah, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. I think she, I think she got that one, Steve. Yeah. So you're tripping now too. I, All right, Jim, hey, you know what? You, it ain't hey, the first you, time. It won't be the last. <laughs> hey, but you caught something um, I, that I slipped. So I'm glad, I'm glad you're going to fix this for us. No, it's all good. Look, I, I said on there, one of the movies I would never redo is Cooley High. And I think we, we referenced that it was uh, Cooley High in Detroit, which it's not. And um, we knew better and we should have said so then. It was, it was based on Cooley High, a vocational school in Chicago and the Cabrini Greens 
project. So just want to clear that up before folks start coming at us, you know, um, cause like I said, that's one of my favorites, um, growing up and, and, um, we want to get it right. We want to get it right. Well, Jim, I, I, I really appreciate the discussion, Carrie and, and Jamel. We can't thank you enough. We love you to death. Um, and it is Thanksgiving. And, you know, we talked about the things that are important to us and what we're very thankful for. And we want to send messages out to a lot of folks because it is a tough time. We see here in California, yeah. they're shutting down uh, restaurants. It's going to be people out of work again. They're going to be businesses that never come back. It, it is very, very hard. And when I've seen videos of these people in Texas and whatnot for miles waiting in line just to get food. It things breaks your heart, granted. man. It, it breaks, breaks hearts, your heart. Yeah, things we take for granted. And and so at least for today, like you heard us, you know, we were agitated a little bit on this on this podcast, some of the discussion we're having. Let's pump the brakes. And let's be kind to whomever we can because hunger and ill health and being out of sorts is tough. And this is where we have to be better. Look, those things know no political affiliation. Those things know no color. Those things know no religion. Um, so when I see those lines on TV, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it almost brings me to tears, Steve, just to think that families now wait hours in line, you know, just to get a meal. Um, we have to be better than that. I almost said we're better than that, but we've proven that we're not. But we have to be better than that is what I would say. And and hopefully we get to that point. Um, it, I, I don't have words for it. It just it just it, it just breaks my heart, man. It really does. And, and as tough and as tough as it may be, as uncomfortable as it may be to wear a mask, or as tough wear as the it damn may be mask. Not, wear the mask. As hard as it is not to see your family, if we stand down for the next two or three weeks, maybe by Christmas when these vaccines come out, and it, maybe by Christmas. We can see the 2020 that we're or the 2021 that we're hoping for, but we have got to change our behaviors to get there. It is not up to people telling us what to do and not to do. It is up to us for thinking of our fellow man. And since we are in the holiday season right now, there is not a better time than to get with it. And let's just all be a little bit better, a little bit more thoughtful. And Jim, why don't you why don't you why don't you take us home, Jim? And you're singing solo right now. You're, you're singing like Casey or JoJo, but not Jodeci. Oh, uh, well, look, again, we thank you all for listening. We thank you for subscribing. Um, please leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Also, let us know what you would like to hear on the show. You know, guests that you would like to hear from, that sort of thing. Because at the end of the day, we want to give you more of what you're funking for. For Jim Trotter, I'm Steve White and our producer Thomas Warren, the Howard Mob. Happy Thanksgiving. All the best to you. Stay safe. We are out. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.